Hi, everybody. My name is Mark Ryan. Welcome to the Sped Up Chat live from the UAE and in the heart of Raha International School. Not really. I'm at my house, but still, let's pretend. Tonight, we have some amazing guests on, some leaders, some inspiring people, and I'm just basically talking about Lise Farquhar. No, I have some other people on here as well. We are live. Twitter, Sped Up Chat. Are you ready? Here we go. All right, Lise. Lise, how are you doing tonight? I am doing very well. It's uh, still beautiful outside and I managed to get out before uh, sunset and uh, got home in time for this. And it's just perfect weather in the UAE. I had to fit in that weather comment. There we go. Thanks for getting the weather out of the way straight off the bat. Um, first, I'm going to uh, invite our guests to give themselves a little 15 second intro, let everybody know um, what they do here at Raha International School or with Talim. And I'll start with you, Ian, Ramadan Kareem, nice to have you here. Ramadan Kareem, Mark, hi everybody. Uh, my name is Ian College, and I'm the Executive Principal of Raha. Um, overseeing uh, uh, two campuses, been with the school for five years now, and it's, uh, it's the love of my life. There we go. Um, I was good. <laughs> I won't even get to this. Wife, of course. <laughs> yeah, she's obviously not watching. <laughs> no, not so. No, I've been in a lot of trouble. <laughs> All right, Alan. Uh, Alan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm excellent, Mark. Ramadan Mubarak to you and Lise. Thank you for inviting me on. Um, I'm CEO of Talim. We next year in September, this year, sorry, we'll have 16 schools across Dubai and Abu Dhabi, uh, nine premium and schools that we operate for ADEC and now for the Dubai government as well. Keeps me busy. I was going to say, um, I had a question about collaboration, but I think you just ticked all those boxes right away. So I'll just skip that question altogether. But I wanted to start off with uh, a question about education, uh, edu being an educator yourselves. If you were asked instantly to be thrown back in a classroom, quickly supply, quickly take someone's spot, maybe in a primary or in a secondary. Alan, when you walked into that classroom, what would be the first thing that would kind of be the most important first step? Where's the chalk? And the blackboard. I'm that old because I think we can't teach without chalk or blackboards. And then we we thought technology had moved on when we got the overhead projector. So I would I would need resources. Um, no, I, I suppose thinking about that question quickly, um, I think teachers need to motivate children and and, and uh, make learning fun. So, um, you know, I'd quickly look for a lesson plan. If there was none there, I would start teaching them Russian because it's uh, an incredible language that I learned at university. Um, and children are always fascinated when, when they learn a new language, especially here in the international context. And there, there will always be just a good lesson for teachers. There will always be someone in the class that knows more than you. So there's bound to be in Raha, a little Russian kid that would correct my accent. Uh, and I suppose all of the rest wouldn't understand my Scottish accent either. So there you go. I would, I would jump right into a Russian lesson. There we go. I can see that you predicted walking into my class because there's just no lesson plan there, right? You got to go right into teaching them chess. Um, Ian, what would you be doing? Uh, I think I'd pick the word out that Alan said there about having fun. I think, you know, engagement, getting to know the children very quickly, you know, letting them know you're in charge of the class and, and you're there, but ultimately that you're there for them um, and so that they can learn and just, just getting them engaged, asking them some questions and 
getting familiar with them. And, you know, a happy class, a fun class is a learning class. It's very simple, really. It's not rocket science. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And it kind of goes to something that I wanted to speak to next. And the idea of walking around uh, other campuses and seeing other buildings, other schools and how they operate. I know, Ian, you've done that extensively, Alan, as well. What is something where you could walk around a school? Maybe you can see fun and maybe that's part of the culture and you can say, okay, this is a fun place to be, or maybe it's something else. What is some examples or, or what is it that you can walk into a place and actually see what the culture is of that school? So Ian, what does that look like? How does that work? I think, it, again, it's just, it's about laughter and, and engagement and just kids, just kids of all nationalities, just getting on with each other and, and as if they've known each other for a long, long time. And you, know, you walk into a classroom particularly, and, and the most important thing you look for in a quality lesson is just a buzz, a real good buzz. The last thing you want is quiet and silence. Obviously, there is a, the odd time and place for it. Uh, but it's about, it's about enjoying yourself and just this constant buzz and camaraderie and laughter. Um, that, that, to me, is everything. And everyone just mucking in and, and just, just being friends together and, and just enjoying learning. And Alan, do you see that when you walk onto the campuses of Talim? Is it fun, laughter? Is there kids running around? Because I see it at Raha International School, but I'm looking at it through uh, a small lens. Is that something that we're still working to build or is that something that is seen quite extensively? Yeah, it's, it's actually fascinating. And I'm going to tell a very brief story. There, there's a British admiral in, uh, around the time of the First World War. But he used to say that he knew... Uh, that, that it was a good ship because it smelled right, which is like really weird. But uh, I often say to school leaders, how long does it take when you're in a classroom to tell me whether it's like good, very good or outstanding? And someone, like I, I think with an incredible, like one minute less, you just know that, that, that this school or this classroom feels right. And uh, it's funny because I used to joke with Ian about the squeaky gate at Raha. But almost when you walk through these gates and you see the caravan and the coffee shop and the palm trees and the, and the greenery, it just feels right. Now, how can a school feel right? Um, because I suppose you just pick up on that ethos. Well, as well as Ian's points about fun and, and buzz, uh, I, I, some, I also like children and staff to be walking around with a sense of purpose. I think purpose is a really good word. And... Uh, the fascinating thing is it doesn't just happen. You know, there's a lot of work that makes it look easy. It's like any walk of life, whether it's sport or, you know, or art. The best people make it look easy and the best leaders make their schools uh, fantastic. Well, I have to say that it's definitely the case with this sped up chat. Lise, you make it look easy. So uh, next question is for you. Well, just when you talked about walking onto uh, the campus at Raha in particular, um, there are just so many legacy pieces that I think uh, Ian has put in place, like the coffee caravan that creates um, part of our school culture of collaboration where people from across the campus teaching all ages meet. And sometimes that's where the best professional and personal development happens. And uh, I think what you said, yeah, you have to facilitate and make those things happen if you want that to grow in your school. Um, so um, I was going to ask you, actually, what um, is the one thing that you really, truly love doing with one area of our school community that if you could do it all the time or regularly, what would that be? And maybe you're missing it because you can't do it um, 
as a result of COVID restrictions, or maybe it's something you just, you know, you can just never build enough time in for. What's, what's the one thing? Um, I'll ask you first, Ian, because I know there is one particular thing you do regularly. And I wonder, is that like torture or you love it? <laughs> yeah, no, I, th well, I know what you're referring to. There's actually two things. One I'll choose, which you may not realize, is, is actually being at the gate in the mornings. Um, uh -huh. I don't do it every mornings, but uh, honestly, saying hi to the kids and, and the parents in the morning, it's, 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 it's a bit like a drug, to be honest with you. It wakes you up. You don't need your caffeine. They're just, it's exciting and it's lovely and it takes 20 minutes and it's, it's the best part of the day. Um, but I, I think what you are referring to is reading to the children. Uh, for, my, for my entire career, um, and I became a head teacher at 31 and so I suppose stepped out of the classroom. Even before then, I was at the classroom and I've always, always taken at least 15 minutes or half an hour of my week to read to children, uh, younger, always the younger children. Uh, it works well for PR, don't get me wrong with that, with the parents love it. But honestly, it's just the most, it's, it's just the most happy time. And it's the one thing in my calendar, which is immovable. Uh, I would even kick Alan out of a meeting to read to the kids, always. If he said, can I have a meeting, I'd tell me, no way, it's reading time. Um, but, but I mean that pretty genuinely, to be honest with you. It's, it's, I, I just absolutely love it. I love engaging with the children. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't teach anymore now, and, and, but doing that is, means a lot to me. And it, it just it makes me realize where it all started and what you're doing it for. Um, so you're not just stuck sort of operating the school. You're actually with the children. And I think since COVID, what I've kind of missed, but perversely has actually been a good thing, is the fact that I've been able to go into the classrooms and actually read to mm -hmm. the children. So now I record my stories every week, so they're between sort of 10 and 20 minutes long. But actually now, rather than going and reading to one class for six weeks and another class for six weeks, I actually read to the entire EY across both campuses. So it must be, must be a thousand kids a week get to listen to my story on, on screens. And so I've walked past classrooms and seen the kids watching me on the TV. Okay. And, and I'll never forget, just after lockdown finished, um, and we all came back to school, it, it was a beautiful moment. There was a, a four-year-old, and I'd been doing it for weeks and weeks and weeks, a four-year-old got out of his car, and I was on the front gate, and got out of his car, and he went, Mr. Ian, and he started shaking like this, as like a TV star. It was, it was really beautiful, and, and, and the kids just know my name, and, you know, I don't need to see them very often, but that, that reading means, means everything to me, and that engagement is yeah. fabulous. Yeah, Seesaw has definitely created a lot of celebrities. Yes. I think <laughs> One point there, Ian, um, you don't need to kick Alan out because he obviously does all the voices. So he would be doing the Russian voices and he'd have all those characters going on. So, so, so don't knock him out of that one. I don't read those books. I'm guessing, Alan, if you were part of uh, Raha, Thursday football would have been the thing you miss most uh, as a way of connecting the community. But in your world across uh, Talim and mostly in Dubai, uh, what's the one way you connect with community that you wish you could do more of or love? I'm not allowed to read because my accent would put them all <laughs> in the back and so their words is wrong. Um, I, I think one of the interesting things is it, it really is an honour and a privilege to watch other teachers teach uh, and show their craft. And one of the ironies of leadership is you get to do that far more often the, the further up the tree you go. And, and, and I, I now think back to how amazing it would have been as a teacher to see all these other teachers teach. So um, yeah, I absolutely love uh, having the honour to go into people's classes and watch them teach. But, yeah, you're right, Lise. I, I think as a school leader, I'm thinking back to my earlier career, you knew two types of children in the school. You knew the, 
the ones with, that were troublemakers because they were at your office a lot. And you knew the super, super bright kids because they were doing well in their exams. And I think the expressive arts and sport as a leader is a chance to see those middle children a lot of the time in terms of behaviour or academics that, that you begin to get to know because they're fantastic on the stage or on the drama studio or, or on the sports pitch. So you're right. I mean, I, I was p passionate about sport and, uh, you know, Thursday afternoons, whether that's in the UAE or Saturday mornings when we were all back in our home countries, that, that was uh, always lovely for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's nice rolling into the next conversation to do with to do with wellness and you know what is it that we're all doing um, to keep ourselves you know pushing through which has been a really challenging year more than a year now um, and I know it's taken people a little bit of time to actually be able to focus back on themselves um, and that's just speaking with colleagues and I know people are getting to a place where they are able to do that but I do see um, Ian setting an example for putting wellness first when it comes to himself sometimes in the mornings. Um, Alan, I'd like to hear about what you're doing in Lee's um, as well, but I am going to start back with Ian again. Ian, what are you doing to make sure that wellness is, is part of your daily routine? Well, you, you, you've led that in there as if you see me at the front of the school doing yoga or something, um, but running yeah. running to school. <laughs> you, you didn't mention the running. Yeah, so I don't it, see uh, it like some... There was some kind of pose there. There was some—I don't know what that would be called—the the the, the exhaustion at the end of the run to school. Yes. Um, no, for me, it, it, it is exercise. I, I thought, I've always liked exercising. I I play squash weekly. I play golf every couple of weeks. I play staff football uh, every week as well, and and run or bike to school at least once a week, if not twice a week. And I, I just really, uh, I just really enjoy having a good sweat. To be honest, it makes me feel better gets endorphins moving and it makes your day better. Uh, there's no question of that at all. And the only thing I, outside of exercise, I wish I did more of, and I really don't find the time to it frustrates me is reading. I enjoy reading and I just, just don't get to do it. And I wish I did. Um, but no, so it, it, it's exercise for me and it really, uh, I really enjoy it. Awesome. Lise? Uh, yeah, sort of connecting to what you just said, Ian, I don't sit still very often. Um, and I have missed reading. I used to love my super long commutes when I lived in London and uh, read so much. But now I've just switched to podcasts and listening to audiobooks when I'm out walking in the morning with uh, with our dog. Um, that's one of the the key things. But I also kind of like you. I live close enough to school that I can ride my bike to school, which I absolutely treasure. Um, mm. So those are the big things. All right. Last but not least. Uh, I, I actually uh, kayak, believe it or not. I, I love, be, I, I'm very, very lucky and will make everybody envious because we all live in uh, like two fantastic cities. But I, I'm lucky to, enough to live very, very close to the beach. And uh, there's nothing better for me than being on the water. I know Ian uh, has a boat and loves sailing as well. But, I, you know, I just love getting out very, very early when the sea's still calm and uh, mm. paddling away. Um, I, th I think the reading is interesting. It's got me thinking because if I'm honest, and, and this is not good in terms of well-being, I'm not fantastic at switching off. And I think what we've missed during the pandemic is that chance to get away and, and have a proper holiday, whether that's home or, or some of the beautiful places around where we live. 
Um, I, I've been uh, really missed sort of traveling because I think when I travel, I really, really, really switch off. And I mean, completely switch off. It's interesting that you say that switch off because I've seen that traveling around uh, social media a lot. And I've actually made a few hashtag run rants about that topic um, because similar to how you're speaking to it, Alan, I find it difficult to switch off because I actually really enjoy staying on devices. So when I get home, if there's a moment where I do have time to sit alone, I'm not diving into a book. I'll actually check out what people are doing on social media platforms, what young people are doing on different social media platforms and saying, how can I use these, some of these tools? Because some of them are just so amazing. And the inspiration that goes off when you see what young people are creating and being creators on social media, it is really, really impressive. So I wonder, is it really important that people switch off or is it just switching off of the idea of work? If there's something that is actually feels like work, is that what do you do? Or do you think switching off is, is linked to, uh, to, to technology? So that's kind of my question to you, Alan. Is switching off kind of a work-related thing or a technology kind of piece? I, I, I like where you're going, that sense of direction, that you can still be on the device, but you can switch off from, say, teaching art and, uh, and, and Raha. Um, but I, I, where I was driving with the holiday is, is that concept of having a paperback novel and, and you know, sitting somewhere and, and completely getting away from business or, or education um, and, you know, I, 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 I do also get the stress thing in relation to being in the zone. Like a lot of people would say uh, Ian's job or, or, or your job in the classroom is stressful. But if you really, really, really enjoy your job, it's actually more about being in the zone. And, and I'm often very, very happy when I'm in that zone. But equally, I know for well-being, which was your original point, that, you know, going to somewhere like Sri Lanka and just like, you know, seeing the, the different vibe, feeling the different weather, seeing different cities and, and just sitting with that paperback and uh, going into the world of a novel rather than the world of business and education. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, um, I'll, I'll remember that the next time I'm walking uh, through the streets of Sri Lanka looking at at my paperback novel, looking for the place to sit and think, don't make a tweet about this. Don't do not post this right now. But uh, yeah, I'll probably do one of the, the classic Alan selfies anyways. Um, what I would like to uh, get to is Lise had a question from one of our students at uh, Raha International School, and it might be someone that she knows personally. I'm not really sure, but what was the question? Just ever so slightly. I said to my kids, you know, we've got to get home because uh, I'm going to be online with Mr. Ian and, uh, and Alan, Alan Williamson. He's like the big cheese of Tallinn. What, you're meeting the big cheese? I said, yeah. What, uh, what questions do you have for them? So of course, you know, why don't we have more break time was number one. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> number two was, uh, you know, how did they get to where they are now? How long did it take? What did they have to do? And I even asked my son, you know, do you mean like what attributes lead you to become uh, the top uh, or, you know, get to that higher rung? Um, and he said, no, no, like I just mean literally, if you were interviewing the, the person who ran McDonald's, did they start by flipping burgers? And how did they get up the ladder? So that was his question. How did you get to where you are today? That's a very long <laughs> thing, but. Who's going first, Lise? <laughs> uh, 
Alan. Yeah. Alan. Go on, Alan. That one. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things we we teach children uh, is, is about the growth mindset, isn't it? And uh, also grit. I think these are these are two things because the road, whatever career you're in, you, you meet ups and downs. And I, and I think we all get things wrong. I've certainly got many things wrong in my career, and you need to you need to dust yourself down and and, and bounce back, and uh, you know have that grit and determination and resilience to to keep going. Um, I, I mean, in terms of flipping burgers, uh, not all CEOs do have done. Sorry, what their companies uh, you know are doing. A, a lot of CEOs would previously been in finance and, and then move into the world of education. So, um, you know, I, 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 at every stage in my career, someone uh, above me said, you know, you should take the next step. So you also need someone that believes in you. And and, and, and some of that is is luck, some of it's fortune, some of it's hard work and, and, and uh, you know, making sure people believe in you. Um, and... I think one of the things in, in school leadership for, for the likes of Ian is truly believing that at the next step you can make a bigger difference. So, you know, I, I always admire teachers who have stayed in the classroom and, and because they are truly making a difference to children. But I suppose someone above me always said, if you take this step, step up to, say, deputy head teacher and then from deputy head teacher to head teacher, then you, you can make a bigger difference to children's lives. And, you know, I, I suppose the massive step for someone like Ian as director of the IB schools and, you know, soon to be uh, into a bigger job than that and, and myself is still believing that you can make a bigger difference uh, to people's lives. Not sure that answers the question, but there's little nuggets. Yeah. Now, lots of things I can take back there. And I hear that all the time, you know, instead of... I. I can reach, you know, 25 kids as a teacher. I can reach 2,000 as, uh, as a head. So, yeah. Ian, how about you? What would you say? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think there's, there's, there's luck, determination, grit, um, and ambition, I think, involved. Now, I mean, I originally wanted to be in a canton when I was sort of 16, 17, and then I, I went and worked on American summer camp and just, just fell in love with working with kids, and thank God I've never... So glad I wasn't an accountant. Um, you know, I, so you know, for my, my life, I, I think I've um, I've always naturally turned to take on leadership roles, even in a small group of your mates. I, it's just something that's I don't know, something I've enjoyed. It's something that's just just come. I think it's, it's kind of something that's uh, that's inherent in people. And you know, between that and children, and and then have people like Alan says saying to me, you know, you can do more than this. You can you can get there. You can get there. I think has always helped me. And and to be honest with you, I think in the career that we've all got, uh, being in international schools is is a massive massive help. Uh, I think if you were stuck in back at home, yes, there there is a career path. You can you can make your your journey quickly. But I think that the breadth of opportunity in international school is phenomenal. I mean, I train as a primary teacher. Would if I was in England, would probably be a primary head teacher by now. And and is there more than that? Yes, you could lead a group of schools, but but that's it. But to go from when I was in Jordan, my first school overseas expanded to secondary, and I was the first person with my hand up saying, I, "I want to do it. Let me have a go." Never done it in my life, and I said, "Send me some some training courses," and and that was it. So since then, I've understood four to eighteen schools, and then you be principal of a 
a monster like Raha with two and a half thousand coming on three thousand kids next year. So, you know, I think that being international gives you just this huge, huge opportunity to to, to move around and and people come and go quickly. So there's always a there's always a step up that you can step into, and if you're brave enough and bold enough and you know, you'll do it and you will get knockbacks along the way. There are, you know, there are times when I haven't got the job and I've been upset and I've been sad about it. And there's, but if you don't fail, you'll never succeed. So you've got to keep going at it until, until the right thing comes. And then I'll bring it down to fate that last one wasn't for me anyway. Yes. <laughs> I absolutely love that point from Alan about the idea that there's someone there pushing you forward and how you connected with that in your own story there, um, Ian, because it's so true. And I have to uh, give a shout out to Lise here for for doing the same with the podcast here um, alongside me and kind of pushing that we can constantly keep connecting more people at uh, Raha and at Talim and keep pushing this thing, even when she didn't want to be on Twitter. But there she is right now. So, <laughs> the last thing <laughs> the last thing that I want to talk about is, and I'm, Lise, I'll give you the last word, so don't worry, it won't be over after this, um, is you know something that stuck with me almost on Ian's first day at Raha International School, and he came out and he said, we're going to shout from the rooftops. And I said, now this is this guy knows what's going on, because that's, that's, that's what I like to do. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was the idea of shouting from the rooftops, and something that Lise and I had talked about a lot is how can we celebrate the successes of what's going on in our school? Because there's amazing things going on. And just like you said, Ian, it is a monster. And when it becomes a monster, how do you make sure that people's successes are heard and valued and celebrated? And we're going to slowly build a, a media program in the primary next year to help to celebrate that and lift up some of the stories that are happening in the hallways and in the classrooms. And then part, things like this with sped up chat. But what is going on right now within Talim, within Raha, that you guys would just really like to shout out to uh, to shout from the rooftops, as you like to say. And so since it is your phrase, Ian, I'm going to let you shout from the rooftops. What's going on? Okay, well, first, I think you should never be ashamed to shout from the rooftops. There's a big difference between that and being arrogant. I think it's good to, to say we're doing these great things. It's really because the kids enjoy it and the community love it. I think it's important to, to do that. What are we doing right now? I mean, the, the big thing at Raha is our, is our brand new, stunning, state-of-the-art, world-beating campus, uh, which has been probably four years in the making from, from literally the back of a postage stamp to what is now a brand new 3,000-student uh, campus, which is stunning, uh, connecting that to our beautiful existing gardens campus, making us a 5,000-capacity school it's huge and, and, and making sure that they are aligned and the standards are the same and, and they work as one school, uh, but 5,000 children and, and making getting that staff cohesive and, and with the same ethos and culture, that, that's, that's the big thing going on for us. And I mean, there's tons of stuff, but that's, that's the, big, the big job right now. And it's really exciting and I can't wait till September when we, we cut the ribbon on the, the second phase, the final phase. We've, we've done the first phase. It was the small one. The next phase is, a, is, is an even bigger monster than the current one. So uh, it'll be good to do that in September and see kids running around on the on the pitches and in the canteen and through the black box theatre and, and through the fantastic classroom. So looking forward to that. Sounds amazing. Um, it's been a great it's been great to watch its development and uh, and sharing some of the stories. And I know you've had a lot of teacher voice, student voice in um, helping to set up that campus. And I appreciate when you brought the art teachers in to you know, even pick out some of the colors or some of the furniture and the layouts of how the buildings would work and imagine yourself in this space. Like how would, the, how would you how would you envision being an art teacher in this building and knowing that another art teacher would go in, what do they need? So I appreciate 
um, the teacher voice that went into that project as well. Alan, what are you shouting about? Um, as, as very quickly, two things. Firstly, the, the amount of work and effort uh, that teachers have put into you know, the last 12 months, it's, it's actually humbling. Um, and the innovation that's come out of it is, is tremendous. And, and that's not just in Tulane schools, although it's been incredible in Tulane schools. Uh, you know, I would extend that uh, beyond into the UAE and beyond across the world. The second thing is it's sort of complete contrast to the premium schools that we run that, you know, are, are our sort of for-profit making business. I think it's lovely that Tulane have set out to, um, you know, take on the, what we call the PPP schools, the private public partnership. Uh, we live, we have the privilege of living in the UAE. We have a commitment at Ask Talim as a homegrown company to the UAE. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's an incredible contrast that we have premium schools like Rahan, Dubai, British schools that are outstanding. But we are also teaching... Uh, you know, Emirati children across Dubai and Abu Dhabi with the same standards, the same expectations, and, and the synergy between that and, and, and the sort of, if you like, social responsibility and commitment to that is something that I would shout about. <laughs> Excellent. Voice. <laughs> yeah, there is so much going on. It's really, really incredible. Um, I would like to finish up kind of uh, based on a word that came up at the beginning of this chat, which is fun. And uh, it's April now. And thinking back to January, at the beginning of the year, did you have some resolutions or what was kind of a, a hot topic was having a one word for 2021? So uh, uh, TJ at, um, at Raha said, well, my one word for 2021 would be fun, obviously. The whole year should be about fun. Um, what would you say your one word 2021 would be? Alan? Fun's good with me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I love the word hope. I've always loved the word hope. I, I gave my daughter that as her middle name. And uh, I think it's a, it's a beautiful word. And given 2020, I think hope is a lovely word for 2021. Mm -hmm. Nice one. How about you, Ian? Um, I, I was going to use a word which looks like hope, looking for, but actually I think I'd rather focus on what's been, and I, and I think it's about what we say to students and staff, and it's about resilience. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never seen resilience quite like I've seen in the last 18 months from from the entire world. I mean, it's, it's everybody. It's not just it's not just us. It's not just education. It's not the UAE. It's not kids or adults. It's it's the world. And and I think there's been some massive mental health challenges for people out there, and obviously physical health challenges with with, with COVID as well. And, and I, I think you know the the human spirit and the resilience to come through what's been a really 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 tough time. We shouldn't. We're coming out of it now. To we hope, and people are feeling better. But you think back to what it was like when it all started. And I mean, it feels like a lifetime ago. And the fact that we've got through it, hopefully with a smile on our face and having had fun and with hope still, uh, <laughs> I, think it's, uh, I think it's really important. What about you, Mark? I don't recall you jumping on the One Word 2021 bandwagon. Do you have one? No, I don't jump onto many bandwagons unless I'm driving them. But um, I would have to uh, go with the word of collaboration. That's been my word for not just 2021, but 2020. 2019, 2018. It's been the whole word the whole time. I think it's all about collaboration. It's about hearing other people's voices and sharing your own. 
Um, just like Ian said before, it's not about being arrogant. It's about shouting out the things that you're passionate about, the things that you're proud about, and the things that are you're proud about the people working and being around you in, uh, in your life. So on that word, collaboration, Lise, thank you for being here constantly. Ian, Alan, thank you for taking your time to jump on the sped up chat. It's been a pleasure. It's been a privilege. My name is Mark Ryan with my co-host, Lise Farquhar. This is the sped up chat live from the UAE, Talim Raha International School. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.